from the NLRPD to KTHV to behind the microphone. It's Scott Romine with Guatney Unplugged. Hi, welcome back to Guatney Unplugged. I'm your host, Scott Romine. I'm just really excited to have this guy in the studio with me. I grew up watching him. Ron Sherman, the man, is in the studio in Guatney Unplugged. Thank you so much for being here. Scott, I am tickled to be anywhere at my age. When you get 68, you're just glad someone invites you and you know you're still alive. But you don't look 68 at all. I would have never guessed that. Yeah, and, and I hope you can see. People say I dye my hair, but you can see gray in my hair, There's right? Some gray know. in there. Yeah, yeah. Because what it is, I tell people that we have a you know, 20,000 square foot production facility. We shoot everything in 4K and we have all these fancy avids. And, you know, they can correct. They have a thing called saturation. <laughs> they could, yes. Do, and that's what they do. So it takes out some of the wrinkles and, and, and some of the gray <laughs> in my hair. If you saw me, the folks on radio haven't seen me in 20 years. I, am, I look 90, but the TV makes me look <laughs> No, you younger. don't. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's all that special effects. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Tell me, were you always interested in the weather? No. <laughs> really? No. You didn't? Because I grew yeah. up drawing yeah. pictures of you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, see, I, I was just telling you, I came to this station, which was down at 10th and Spring. Okay. K-A-R-K Radio in July of 1969. That's been a while. That's, you can add up. You know, I was 18, 68. So yeah. You can, and, and I was the morning announcer. I replaced Jim Elder and Bill Valentine. And I've it heard created, those names. Yeah. It created a problem because at that point, K-A-R-K was like big band music, you know, uh, adult easy easy listening, really soft music. And they decided to go after K-A-A-Y, which was the big rocker. I got gotcha. you. So they thought they needed to have a young morning man. I don't know that they needed an 18-year-old. 18-year-old. Yeah. I can't imagine what I'd been doing on the radio if I was 18. Well, you know, I started when I was 15, so I was like an old, you know, old broadcaster. <laughs> Oh, well, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, how do you move from then the radio to I watch you on television growing up? This is this was something I talk about dumber than a box of rocks. When I came, I was a, brought up on a cotton farm and luckily got into radio just by accident. So I didn't know anything about <laughs> weather, TV, nothing. And I was just glad to have a job. And so basically I was doing the mornings at KARK and Bob Brown, the general manager of KARK TV. That was when they were bringing in Roy Mitchell, Dave Woodman, Tom Bonner. Yep. And he was looking for a weekend weather guy, a young weather guy, kind of because Bonner looked young back then. This was in 1969. So he said, you know, he called me Virgil a lot. He said, Virg, if you'd go get your hair styled, which I didn't know what that meant. And so... <laughs> You know, and so he said, I'd like you to do an audition. I might put you on the weather. Well, sure. And I got to tell you, this this is the best part of how dumb I was. I did the weather on Dialing for Dollars, which was huge. Oh, that was my grandma listened to that constantly. And Bonnie Gibbons, I mean, Dialing for Dollars was as big as any primetime show. Yeah, today. Yeah, it was American Idol of that that time. Yeah, very good description. Yeah. So they put me on the weather for an audition. You know, just nervous. I, you know, I mean, I barely knew radio at that point when you're 18 years old. This doesn't happen today. No, it would not happen. Today. No. I, I have no, I graduated from high school. That's it. And that's bare, it. That's it. Barely graduated from high school. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody's on the, you've heard the old joke, honor roll. I was on the ornery roll. You know? right. But, but anyhow, you made it. He put me on the weather 
And I'm, I'm younger than the camera guys. And so I'm doing the weather, and I'm really getting it. I mean, I'm really doing a good job. I'm bringing highs in, lows up, and everybody's waving at me. And I thought, what are they doing? It's some kind of cue that I don't know. Right. And they kept waving and going, you know, like cut your throat type thing. Sure. I don't know what they're talking about. I go like for a minute like that. They finally fade to black. And to make me really feel good, everybody in the studio yelled, you don't have your mic on, stupid. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I just wilted. So they came back to me. And after I stammered and stuttered through the rest of the weather. And I said, you know, you can stick a fork in my buns. I'm done. But (laughs) the good Lord said, you know. Gomer Powell Jr. from Truman, Arkansas, needs this chance. And about 50 little old ladies called in. Back then, they watched TV. And sure. Said, oh, yeah. We love that little man. He was so honest. He admitted that he forgot to put his mic on, and he was telling how nervous he was. And Bob Brown saw those calls, and he said, I'm going to give you a chance. That's how I got into the weather. Had no desire. Didn't know a high from a low. You, know? you just described a scene from the next Anchorman movie. <laughs> <laughs> Brick up so, there with his mic off. So anyhow, that's how, that's how I got into weather. It was no... Not like Tom Brandon, who you know studied, got went to college, and stayed, and all. That. Never even crossed my mind. So you did you because most a lot of our listeners are not going to know this, but did you predate chroma key doing the weather? Were yes, you in we front had, of something that was a, there? We had a we had a big weather set plexiglass, you know, so you could write on it. You could we okay didn't even have highs and lows. We we would make the highs <laughs> and lows, you know, like an H and an L and. And then finally, we got the little stick-on things. But when I first started doing it, you you wrote the temperatures like I would write them in little bitty pencil, like what the temperatures were in L.A. and uh-huh. Chicago. And then you'd end of the weather, you'd say, by the way, it's 49 in Atlanta, and you had a little pencil mark. And it's 72 in, in New Orleans, and you'd write the temperatures. So you'd know to draw it because if it had yeah. been in 4K, we'd have all seen your oh, little yeah. pencil now mark. You, yeah, you'd see the, the wrinkles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where did Gusty come from? I remember you doing it, and I think Mitchell did it, correct? No, Vic Shedler did it first. Vic Shedler did it, But it started in Tulsa. Okay. A gentleman, a very nice gentleman by the name of Don Woods, was on Channel 8 in Tulsa, which was owned by Lake Griffin Television, and they owned Channel 7. And so in in, um, early 70s, maybe 73, (laughs) in the fall of 73, Vic Shedler got with Don Woods and started drawing Gusty. Okay. G-U-S-T-Y. Not Dusty, but G-U-S-T-Y. So many people say, I, I got one of them Dusties when I was eight. No, but it anyhow, was Gusty. So, so Vic did it for about a year and a half. And then they decided to make a change because, you know, basically back then that was when happy talk was going on in, in TV. You know, you're not so much, they didn't care if you're a meteorologist or anything. A little banter. He had banter, telling jokes, acting silly, you know. That's I like so, that. So they saw me doing the weekend weather on Channel 4, and they thought that that would be the, the trend. So they made a change from Vic to me, which was the worst day of my life. I wanted to do the 6 and 10 weather, but having to draw a stick man was not an easy challenge for me at first. Really? Don Woods would send me over. I can draw something if I see it. Right. But if you put me up there and said, draw something that I haven't ever drawn before, I would still be standing there like a statue because I can't do that. But if if I see something, I can sure. mimic it. Yeah. Sure. So that's what I did. And I would, I would at my lunch hour, be drawing Gusty's for the night's weather. Was Gusty a trademark thing? Channel 7, yes. Because 
tell you a little bit of information. I was at Channel 7 for a few years, and Channel 4 decided to take me off of Channel 7. And they were owned by Gannett, if you remember. Okay. Tegna, but Gannett. And Gannett had more money at that time. They owned all the newspapers. So they first offered me a job to go to Atlanta. And I said, I don't want to go to Atlanta. You know, you want to be I, in I don't Arkansas. know why I didn't want to yeah, go to Atlanta. But, didn't you know, want I, to. Yeah, I was like 24 years old. So they said, well, why don't you come to Channel 4? And uh, I said, I want to do that. And then David Jones, he said, I tell you what, he came back to me. And, I, and you can verify with David Jones. He said, they thought Tom Bonner was going to leave. They thought he was going to WCBS in New York ah. TV. He didn't, but they thought he was. And so they... They offered me a job. They said, he said, take your contract to your lawyer, lawyer and tell me exactly what you want. So I did. And I had a five-year contract with Channel 4. All I had to do was the 5 o'clock news. And they paid me twice as much as I was making at Channel 7. Oh, good grief. Yeah. So, so you have to do it. Yeah, I did it. You know. So that was, that's how I ended up. And then I was, they were scared I was going to take Gusty with me. Ah. So they informed me that they would sue me from now until I was 68 if I did that. So they which how, So it stayed on it stayed seven. on seven, but that's how Color the Weather started on Channel Four in the old days. There was Color the Weather by McDonald's. I remember I that. Would show a picture that some kid had sent in every day. I remember doing yeah, that. Yeah. I remember drawing them. Yeah, you probably one of the knuckleheads that sent them. Gosh, I hope so. I watched you so much growing up, drawing, drawing Gusty, and I totally didn't know you drew Gusty on the Bozo Show. Yes, they had decided, you know, back then when you worked at a TV station, they didn't pay you much and they just told you what to do. So I was in sales at Channel 7, but then they said, every afternoon you need to draw Gusty in the Bozo show. So when Bozo would tape his shows, I'd go in and draw Gusty. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. and so, in fact, there was at one point a seven-year waiting list on Gusty. So we would get kids (laughs) that were in high school that had sent in for a Gusty when they were, you know, like in the fifth grade. I brought my art pad. I've been waiting for 42 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I get mine today? I, I'll Finally. Draw you gusty. It's a little rusty, but uh, <laughs> it's still gusty. Yeah. So uh, back then, you know, it, it seems like today it's so saturated. There's 3,000 channels on I cable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really was a thing for a kid my age. Their hero was the weather guy. I yeah. spent a lot of time drawing you guys. Yeah. And, and I was always embarrassed when... The mom would say, I want you to see little Scotty draw Gusty. And if it was better than mine, I'd be like, oh, kid, go away. <laughs> better than then the original. Then they'd say, well, draw Scotty one. I'd be like, well, his looks better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> now, you launch, I remember, I guess Ron Sherman, your advertising stuff, started on Saturdays during movies. Mm-hmm. And I would watch like old Tarzan yeah. movies or whatever, yeah. and you yeah. would come yeah. on. Were you still a weather guy? Yes. I don't even know that they would allow this kind of thing today, would they? Well, no. See, how I started doing commercials and movies on the weekend was a gentleman by the name of Hap Haynes. Had Haynes Steel Siding back in the in the mid-70s. Okay. And he had watched the Jerry Lewis telethons, and he thought, you know, why not do something similar in a movie on a Saturday afternoon? You know, have operators in the studio oh, yeah. to answer the phone. Ingenious. Yeah, I mean, it was really a uh, great idea. He started that. And so he he said, I'd like that guy on TV. I was on Channel 7, and yeah, I remember 24, I looked maybe 16. I was really young. He wanted you to do yeah, it. He, but he didn't, know, he didn't know my name. He said, there's some guy on TV looks like a choir, like a choir boy, a Sunday school teacher. And he was <laughs> talking about it. me. And they were all like, 
you mean Tom Bonner? No. Do you mean you know, whoever was on the, you know? And he said, no, that other guy. And they, he said, I think he draws a picture. So they said, oh, you mean Ron Sherman? Oh, of course. So the first movie I did on a Saturday afternoon was a John Wayne movie, The Sons of Katie Elder. And we came, he brought operators in, and he introduced me to steel siding, which you got to remember. You probably I, didn't know anything about I, it. I shouldn't say this, but I do. I'm in the Guinness World Records for the most commercials produced, all of them home improvement. I am the worst home improvement guy as far as actually doing the work myself <laughs> that you would ever find in America. So he was telling me about the steel siding and the polar quilt and all that kind of stuff. Might as well have been talking about Chinese, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what I would do is go on the, on these movies, these commercials, and I'd talk more about the operators and about the movie and, and they, you know, they would get on to me. You got to talk more about the, pro- the product. And when I talked more about the product, we got less calls than when I just talked about the operators and make it about afternoon. Yeah, just just communicate with people. That's why they nicknamed me back in those days, Reverend Vinyl. I probably learned it, what you just said from you, because when I started Operation Safe Speed on Channel 11, it was not about I'm a policeman and this is the black and white of it. It was purely about showing that guy is a family man that has a kid and a real family and a sense of humor. A real person. And that just connects with people so much better than factual, look, this still siding is, you know, so thick and da 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 You're exactly right. You know, you kind of miss miss it for that, you know, or whatever. In fact, I used to to, uh, get in trouble when I do those commercials in the larger markets. You know, like I'm in Chicago doing commercials People think I live in Chicago, you know, and so. Well, of course. But I, I have a coffee cup and, and I just do my same thing, you know. And, and I get uh, emails from the, the LeafGuard client in Chicago. Women call him and say, you know, we, uh, we were meeting at our bridge club and we all discussed that terrible man that has the coffee cup when he does <laughs> the commercials. But now you think about it, like he's smart enough to realize how good is that? I mean. Here's a guy doing a gutter commercial. That's right. And the women are talking about him at the bridge club. And it, you it, really don't, when you do these, I understand you don't even use a teleprompter. No. You just get up there and do it. Yes. Is, and is that just from the experience or that's just how you'd rather, you don't need it. Well. I know Tom Brennan probably needs one. <laughs> he does, but he's getting better where he. he really? He, he steps away from the prompter and does, you know, a lot of it just ad lib. Now, he, you have to kind of get a pattern, you know, get sure. a pitter pattern. A, a, a delivery that you feel comfortable doing. You know, I couldn't do car commercials without, uh, I, I mean, I, I couldn't do car commercials without a script. Just like, you know, the Guatney's the sponsor. I sure. remember the guy that used to do Larry Orr. He used to do the Guatney spots. Same, he did basically what I did back for car dealers. You know, he would, he pretty much was just kind of winging it, I think, when he did those car commercials for Guatney. You have something, you're a local Arkansas celebrity, but you are so across the country Tell us stories about you being recognized when you're out traveling, you're in some other state. That's probably not something most of your local celebrities deal with, but you're everywhere. Yeah, a lot of people, like in, I used to be on Indianapolis a lot, and when I would fly in, they would start talking to me, you know, and saying, well, you know, what about the Colts? And, hey, I, I was thinking about getting Pella windows, but I think I'll get unique windows because I see you all the time. <laughs> And, you know, and I'd be talking to him. And then one of the, the funniest things, I was in D.C. one day in the airport about to fly back. And we do a lot of commercials in D.C. And this guy came up to me. 
He said, you know, it hit me one day. He said, I was in Charlotte and I saw you. He said, then I went to Chicago and I saw you. And then I'm here in D.C. and I see you that you're not the owner of the company. You do this for a living. And that's kind of he the, put it together. Yeah, that's kind of how people look at that. And I get, I was, I was one day at the gas pump. I, I do commercials in Augusta, Georgia, for the last twenty six years. Sure. So I'm in Conway, Arkansas, about to do a Smith Ford commercial. I guess I should have said that. On oh, that's Bobby. fine. Okay. And then this guy said, "Ron, we're a long way from home." I didn't think about him being from Augusta, Georgia. I said, ah. "I said, well, Little Rock's not that far." And he used an expletive and said. No, Ron, Augusta, Georgia. And I, oh, I said, yeah, I'll see you next week or something. I went. I didn't tell him that I was from Little Rock because they think they know yeah, you. They think I'm from Little. Rock. I mean, from their town. Oh, yeah. sure. In Seattle, Portland. Yeah. Tell us about the world record. How you obtained that? The Guinness World Record was started because I tried to submit that we had done five thousand commercials in a year to Arkansas Business and to the Democrat Gazette and to the Northwest Arkansas business, and they all acted like I was making it up. It seems kind of far-fetched. Yeah. Or that, well, what's the big deal about 5,000 commercials in a year? Well, you find me a production company that does more than 500 commercials in a year. That's and, a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so, because I ad-lib, I do a lot of them. So my daughter, and we have an office in New York City, and she said, I'll go to Guinness, and which is in London, but they have an office in New York. And we found out how to submit and literally, I mean, the number we have is like 3,540 or something like that in the Guinness World Record. But we had to go and prove that every one of those commercials had been taped. We had to have a mm -hmm. tape code. Then we had to go to each station and get a copy of the invoice with the tape code to prove that they aired. Wow. We had to do the accounting on it. I mean, literally, it took our staff, you know, like uh, – Jill and the folks there at the office, my wife, Sheila, who really, she said, you better be glad your daughter's doing this because your Guinness Book of World Records wouldn't happen if it wasn't for her. But we had, it was about 200 hours of accounting and verification. We had to put every commercial on a hard drive and send it to London. Wow. Had, did yeah. someone hold the record before you, I guess? Some or guy maybe... in Sweden had done like 200 commercials in a row for 50 weeks or something like that, or 200 weeks, whatever, 200 weeks. He did a commercial live every week for 200 weeks, which would be how many years that would be. Like, I can't do long division. Did the math. But anyhow, so they really created a new Guinness World Record for us. Sure. Yeah. That's so cool. Now, you're still out by the state police, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm old enough to remember when that was a movie theater. Yeah. Now, did you, what was the process of buying and turning a movie theater into your studio? Well, it was my wife's idea. Okay. And because uh, we had a little place in uh, Sherwood on Keel. All right. And we were driving by there one day and she said that United Artists Theaters Buildings boarded up. Ah. We should buy it. You know, and I said, she's going to have the money to buy that theater. It's, it's a theater. You sure. Know? It's yeah. movie theater. Yeah. And, but the guy who owned the hotel, he was building a hotel next door. He was over budget and just in the mood to get rid of it. Okay. So we made an offer. Sheila did. They accepted it. And she did her own construction. She should be telling people how to do oh my the siding and windows. She remodeled the whole thing herself. Had people Turned hired it people. into a studio. Yeah. yeah. And it's been the best thing we ever did, you know, because there was all kinds of three-phase power in there that would have, it literally would have cost us 
a half a million dollars to replace the building like it was before we remodeled it. It had all of the, you know, the power. It had the foundation. I mean, it was built so solid. You know, everything was there that we needed. I don't even know the last time it would have been a movie theater. I don't either. Probably in the eighties. Yeah, or... people used to tell me they saw Walking Tall there or something. Jaws. Yeah, you know, and there was a putt putt golf course in our, our parking lot. I didn't know that. I don't yeah. remember the golf yeah, course. Yeah, I do yeah. remember the movie theater yeah, being open. We got rid of that because people kept saying, "You're going to keep the putt putt golf?" No, <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> That's right. But we're putting in go karts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ron, for coming on. You've been one of my favorite guests uh, on Guatney Unplugged for sure, and. Best of luck to you. Can't wait to come out and see the inside of your come studio one day. of these we'll days. Keep the light on. All right. That's right. Thank keep you, the Scott. light on. Thanks so much. Ron Sherman and Gusty in studio. Guatney Unplugged. Have a great Saturday. <laughs>